In America, our food choices are not always the healthiest, and we often eat for all the wrong reasons when we feel tired, stressed, anxious, or sad. As a result, we feel sluggish and lethargic and caffeinate ourselves to get through the day. Does that describe you? Believe it or not, there is a direct link between your stomach and your soul. We'll be going through a church-wide Daniel Fest in which we cut out the carbs, comfort food, and eat clean, primarily fruit, vegetables, and water. The 40-day fast is meant to tame our flesh and train our spirit to constantly choose Jesus over donuts, pizza, alcohol, and coffee. Join us for a life-changing experience. In just 40 days, you can feel better physically, mentally, and spiritually. Well, good morning, Liquid Church. I want to give a big welcome to all six campuses who are joining us today. Give them a hand, guys. We're glad you're with us. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm Pastor Tim, and uh, we have people joining us at all six of our campuses through Church Online podcast. And uh, we are in week six of our series, Fast 40 Days to Breakthrough. And so you know what that means, guys. We are rounding third and heading for home, okay? The fast concludes, really, it's Good Friday, so Easter weekend we're going to celebrate. And I think you're going to have an experience kind of like we had Wednesday night. Was anybody here for worship night on Wednesday? Was that amazing? Wow, it was incredible. We had leaders from every campus. It was really the first time we had all six of our campuses under one roof at a broadcast campus, and uh, it was awesome. We kind of ripped the roof off, and we're hearing amazing stories of uh, people who are experiencing uh, healing, breakthrough in these different areas that they have been fasting for, and I just wanted to encourage you with two weeks left, really two Sundays before Easter, email me, okay? We set up a special account. It's called Fast at liquidchurch.com. I would love to know how your fast is going, where you've seen God show up, the breakthrough you're experiencing. If you haven't, press in. A lot of times that happens after the fast is over, but just email us at fast at liquidchurch.com. Let us know what's going on and how we can pray for you. Um, Next Sunday is actually our last Sunday in the fast series, and I don't want you to miss it. Uh, If you have your group's guide, you'll see I'm going to be talking about the last supper, and this is the final meal that Jesus shared with his disciples uh, prior to being crucified on a cross and then resurrected back to life. And I'm going to preach a message on the Jewish Passover, or, or the meal that Jesus commemorated, and that serves as the foundation for Christian communion. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to have communion, or the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, as some call it. We do that typically once a series. And it's a very, very powerful way, I think, to prepare your heart for Easter Sunday. Um, I can't wait to preach this to you because you're going to learn something you've never, even if you've gone to church your whole life, you can take in communion. The symbolism of a messianic Seder or a Passover meal points to Jesus in so many ways. It's going to open your eyes. So if you have Jewish friends, I want you to invite them next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to build a very strong bridge between the Old Testament Passover and New Testament Christianity that will prepare us all for Easter. Now, today, you're in for a treat. We're in, what's next week, week seven? We're in week six today, page 34 in your group's guide, for a message we titled, God's Chosen Fast. Did you know God has an actual favorite kind of fast? You're like, well, I'm doing the Daniel fast, and I'm fasting social media. God's like, I actually have one that I prefer above all of them, and you're going to hear it today. And I asked a special friend of mine to come preach this to you this morning. His name is Juan Galloway, 
and he serves as the president of New York City Relief, or the Relief Bus, as many of you know. It's an incredible ministry with a powerful mission to feed our hungry and homeless brothers and sisters who are living homeless on the streets of New York City and in urban centers like Patterson and Newark. Uh, a few Sundays ago, Colleen and I took our kids, and we met with Juan and Tracy and their kids on the streets of Harlem. And we spent our Saturday visiting with the homeless, uh, serving them, you know, hot chocolate and, and hot soup and warm bread. Uh, they make the best vegetable soup, and it was fast-friendly. I don't know if they know it, but I knocked back three cups of that junk. It was awesome. <laughs> best soup in the city. And uh, it's not just the giving out of bread and soup to feed the hungry, but it's really powerful to talk and pray with our homeless friends, our brothers and sisters. And so uh, we don't just, uh, uh, you know, interact. We give them warm Bombas socks for their feet. We help make referrals to drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Uh, many of you have served on Relief Bus. It is one of the most life-changing experiences you can have. When you spend your, your day ministering the compassion of Jesus to the poor on the streets, the love is palpable. The ministry is life-changing. Now, Liquid, our church, we've partnered with Relief Bus to provide over 500,000 meals uh, to hungry people. Yeah, give them, give them a hand. That's awesome. So it's, again, your generosity lets us do that. But that's Juan and his wife, Tracy. She's here today, too. Tracy's a pastor. And we're blessed that they agreed to come visit with us today because this is incredible. Literally yesterday, Juan got back from spending seven nights sleeping on the streets of New York City with the homeless. He said, I want to draw close to God's heart, and so I'm going to spend the next seven days out of my house, out of the office, and actually live on the streets and sleep on the streets. And I was just talking to him backstage, and he's like, Tim, I, my mind's a little bit foggy, but I, God like spoke direct download to my heart. Uh, he slept on the E-train. Uh, he slept in, you know, Times Square in the city shelters. He begged for money in the shadow of Trump Tower. Not to make any sort of political statement, but to say, Jesus, I want to catch your heart for those who have nothing to eat and nowhere to live. And I wanted you to hear from Juan today because as we finish our fast, one of my hopes is that the focus will now turn outward towards other people. That is, I'm guessing as you fasted, God sensitizing your spirit and hopefully kind of softening your heart with compassion for others. Because if you're not careful, here's the danger. Fasting can quickly become this religious ritual that we do to like, oh, uh, you know, that, 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 that earns my favor with God. I'm doing a good thing, so I'm a good person. I'm just going to do my duty, and that's not the heart of fasting. Uh, what you're going to see today is in the scripture from Isaiah 58. This is the only chapter in the Bible where the whole chapter is about fasting, and actually God talks about feeding others. Isaiah was a prophet, and he said to God's people, he says, God's got a problem with your fast. He said in verse 2, I see that you guys are eager for God to come near to you, to speak to you, and nothing's happening. And people were asking, why have we fasted, God, and you haven't noticed? You know what Isaiah said? He said, well, there's one problem. He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please, and you what? Exploit all your workers, so you're greedy. Your fasting ends in what? Quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists he's like yeah you fast but look how you treat others i mean you do as you please you exploit people you quarrel you argue you actually get in fights <laughs> when you're fasting i mean anybody else been hangry here right you become aware of your flesh and god's like you may fast but you're completely ignoring the needs of your neighbors and isaiah concludes 
You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. In other words, you can fast, you can pray, you can give all you want. But if you miss God's heart for the poor, if fasting does actually draw your heart and, and well it up with compassion for other people, you've missed the whole point. And so God says, I have a chosen fast, a special fast that results in compassion and sacrificial service to those who need it most. Think of it this way. While you and I have been crying out for carbs, I want bread, I can't believe I'm giving up bread. Maybe God is preparing you and leading you to give bread and serve soup to those who have nothing to eat. Well, Juan is going to open our eyes today. I, I, know, I know a lot of you are going to be impacted and want to get in the game and move from your seats to the streets to serve the homeless with the relief bus this spring. And at the end of today's service, you're going to have a chance to sign up and also help feed the hungry across New Jersey with a special project we're calling Stuff the Truck. I'm going to give you details at the end. But for now, would you give a huge, warm, liquid welcome to my friend Juan Galloway. Come on out, Juan. Thank you, brother. Grateful for you, man. Thank you. I like your shirt, man. Where do you shop, right? <laughs> hey, Liquid Church, how are you? Good morning. It's great to be back. Great to be back. Um, I bet your, last, your week, this last week, looked a lot different than mine. Um, I, this is what, this was my uh, worldly goods. And this, is what, this was my blanket. Here's my job and my income. And every day I would go out in the streets and just panhandle just to know what does it feel like for people to look down on you all day? What does it feel like when someone blesses you and helps you? Really, I was just trying to imagine what it was like to be homeless and broken. Um, and I met Jesus. And out on the streets, this is me. This is, there was a giant chrome ball. I took a selfie of myself and scary, right? And uh, I would wrap this around myself as I begged and as I slept on the E-train. And if you need, there was a bunch of other people on the E-train just like me. And when it's time to go to sleep, you just, you just went like this. Except the train keeps moving all night long. And you keep waking up. And there's announcements over the loudspeaker and people moving around. And um, I slept in shelters. I slept... Um, this is Port Authority. This is me waking up at 5.11 with my um, bunkmates, I guess you could call them. It was a crazy week. And, you know, to most of society, a lot of it, the homeless are invisible. You know, you see them so much, maybe, maybe some of your commuters to New York City or to Newark, and you just see them all the time. It's like, you know, just kind of part of the environment, you know what I mean? But, but they're people. And I wanted to see them. I wanted to make sure maybe they're not seen by a lot of people, but I want to see them. And I want to hear them. I, I want to know them. And I believed as I did that, I would see Jesus. I would hear Jesus. And I would know Jesus. I can tell you that's exactly what happened to me. I'm, I'm just changed. I, I feel sleep deprived and a little emotional, so... Pray me through this message, okay? <laughs> We're in this together. 
Um, I saw some scary stuff out there. I saw some wonderful people living in the most deplorable, dangerous conditions, and it broke my heart. It just did, because I met some awesome people. Um, my heart broke as I, just, as I ate with them, as I slept next to them, uh, spent time together, and felt some of their pain. And this verse in Isaiah 57 came to life. It says, God says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who's contrite, lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Guys, all throughout the Bible it says it. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's close to the poor or the outcast or the misfit. And I saw that come alive in front of my eyes all, all week. Um, I've worked with the homeless for 14 years. It's not like I don't see the homeless. I've been doing this for a long time. And um, we, you know, who's ever been out on the relief bus, done some outreach with us? Oh, wow, lots of you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. We couldn't do it without the volunteer army, you know what I mean? And we've been doing this for 29 years, and we just hit a landmark, and I wanted to share it with you guys today because you may not know you've been a part of this. Since 1989, we just hit a landmark. We have now served 7 million servings of food and beverage to the hungry. Is that crazy? I can't believe it. I'm just like... I, I don't get it. How do we do? And Liquid is a part of that. Liquid has helped to fund a lot of that soup, or you've literally come out and put it in people's hands. Awesome, awesome. Um, Tim said it before, but, you know, we were out in the streets a couple weeks ago, uh, or Saturday before last. Man, we had the best day, my kids, his kids, and the families. And, you know, you see in the next slide here, uh, food is what draws these hundreds of people in to the bus, right? So that we can not do charity, we can have communion. Because we eat the soup too, and we, we chat, and we talk, we break bread literally together on the street. It's, it's amazing experience, and I, I hope you do it sometime. Um, because it's not an us and them thing, it's like we're in this together. And you can see inside, this is inside the bus, there's a little office and, and Colleen and Josiah, he's our vice president of outreach, they're sitting down with a woman to do a life care visit. And that's basically a time where we, we sit down, we close the door, we give them privacy. They can let, it, let their hair down, talk about what they're going through, talk about their pain, sometimes cry, and we pray for them. But we also, we, we do an assessment and evaluation and say, how can we help you? Do you need shelter? Do you need job training? Do you need help with recovery? Do you just need a friend? Do you need a church to go to locally where they'll welcome you? You know, whatever it is. And we write them a referral at the end of that, you know? And that's what it's all about. Because the Bible says, you know, there's this verse that says, uh, it's not in the slides or anything, so you have to actually listen to this part, right? Um, the Bible says, if you meet somebody who's hungry and they're suffering, right, you can't just say, God bless you, keep warm and well fed. It says, what good is that? That's a rhetorical question. It's no good at all. Unless we give them spiritual food and physical food and physical help, the gospel's incomplete. So it's so amazing to, to experience it all, all, all together. And I got to even be the recipient of that as people put, um, they put money in my cup. It broke my heart. 
I was so thankful for the change, so thankful for a dollar. I was so thank even more thankful when they looked me in the eyes instead of just threw it down or threw down a half-eaten something. I was like, ooh, right? But when they gave me the time of day, when they talked to me, it was so awesome. I'm going to talk about Isaiah 58, and I love this verse because literally my mom and dad started New York City Relief, and it all started in Dallas, Texas. When somebody read Isaiah 58, the Holy Spirit fell on my father, and he was like, God's calling us to the poor. It just hit him like a ton of bricks. So for me to share this verse with you is so personal, and I'm, I'm so, it, it, it means so much in my life. We're going to start by showing a video of people on the streets, some homeless friends, some volunteers with New York City Relief, some staff reading Isaiah 58. So watch this video. To loosen the chain of injustice and to untie the cord of yoga. Set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious thought. If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry. And satisfy the need, do oppress. Then your light will rise in the darkness. And your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs and attend for strength. And will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundation. You will be called repairer of broken walls. The Sora of Streets with Dwelling. That's the word coming alive right there, at least for me. I don't know about you guys. I want to give you the context of this scripture. People are doing their religious duties, they're fasting, they're tithing, you know. And the prophet Isaiah, God spoke through him as a mouthpiece and basically said, You're missing the boat. Like, no, no, we're doing all the right stuff. We did it, right? Following the rules. No, that's not what I want. I want your heart. I want me to be in you. I want me to flow out of you. And it's human nature, I've found, at least in me, to find the path of least resistance. 
okay? Maybe you've never experienced this, uh, but it is for me. It's like, how do I get the most? By doing the least. And sometimes I even do that in my spiritual life. Well, how many chapters do I have to read or speed read, you know, or, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, okay, I'm doing the Daniel fast, <sighs> you know, <laughs> I'll do it for God, <laughs> right? And um, it's like our brain is always looking for the easiest way to have self-preservation and self-advancement. Um, that's our carnal nature. Some call it our sin nature. Jesus was the exact opposite of all that. He sacrificially, joyfully gave himself of himself, right, to everyone. And he's trying to get us into that place where we come alive in God. That's the whole point. It's not to be goody two-shoes, you know what I mean? That's not what it's about at all. Jesus set the example by blessing the poor, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, spending time with sinners. Why? He was setting an example for us uh, so he could set us free from ourselves. That's what it's about, from our shallow living, from our small vision, um, our self-seeking life. And so God spoke to the prophet Isaiah 2,700 years ago in the First Testament in Isaiah 58. So I'm going to title my message, uh, But Wait, There's More. Remember Billy Mays? Remember this guy? Infomercials, right? He's like, it slices, it dices, it fixes dent in your car, it'll straighten your teeth, it'll, you know, whatever. And, and then he's like, it's only $29.99. And then you're like, oh, that's interesting, you know. And then he goes, but wait, there's more, you know, you get three doodads, you know. And it's like, whoa, this is great, right? Well, that's kind of what the prophet Isaiah is doing. He's like, yeah, you got this, you got that, but wait, there's, in fact, let's practice that. We're going to do this all morning, ready? But wait, Almost. But wait! I'm talking Billy Mays energy, you know what I mean? Okay. All right. So, so here's the good news. Isaiah 58 is not a new list of do's and don'ts for you, right, that you have to do. Uh, otherwise, you're going to feel guilty. No, no, it's a treasure map. I'm going to break it down for you today. It's a treasure map to the heart of God, uh, to the riches that our souls crave, right, because we're hungry too. So let's dig into Isaiah 58. Let's take a look at this. He starts Isaiah says, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. Those who are held down and held back, right? And untie the cords of the yoke that's weighing them down. And to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. God's saying, isn't that my heartbeat? Isn't that what this is all about? Loving people unconditionally, radically. Isn't that God, you know? And so God's trying to get our attention because this is not normal stuff. They were like, what? You want us to do what? It wasn't part of their heart or their culture or that, you know, this is who I am. And so God's trying to get their attention. And I think he's trying to get our attention too. And I, you know, it doesn't seem like, well, why do we have to do all this stuff? Can't we just read our Bible and lift our hands and, you know, do our, our contemplative, right, prayer time. Isn't that enough, God? I mean, do I have to do more stuff? And we can look at it that way. But God says, but wait, there's more. He wants to give us more. It's not about taking from us. He's like, I want to bless you if you could get a hold of this. And here's an amazing truth that my father, Richard Galloway, taught me. He said this. He said, the poor, they're not a problem to be solved. They are a portal to the heart of God. I can tell you from the, my experience this week, that is absolutely true. 
As Americans, we're always trying to solve problems. We're innovators. You know, it's a problem. Let's fix it. Somebody's hungry, feed them. Boom, boom. You know, do it. But it's not that simple because they're not a problem. They're people. They have messy lives. It's complicated, right? And God says, right, this is your, you want my heart? I've, I've created a portal. It's called the poor, the hurting, the outcast, the misfit, broken people, when you touch them, you touch Jesus. That's what Matthew 25 says. Jesus said it. He said, if you feed, clothe, right? Take care of those in prison. If, if you heal the sick, right? Nurture them, nurse them back to health. He said, when you do it unto one, one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. So you literally get to meet Jesus himself. Is there anything better than that? Not that I know of, right? So that's what I want. I want some Jesus, right? Well, he says, here you go. Isaiah 58. So I want to tell you a story that kind of explains this. There's this young girl. She came. Her name's Johanna Soka. She was Finnish. We got any Finnish in the house? Probably not, right? Uh, She came from Finland at 18 years old to come intern at New York City Relief and to serve on the relief bus. And she didn't know English very well. She was young. She was scared. You know, she wasn't used to the big city. But she came to serve. And she was awesome. And God just, she blossomed. In fact, she blossomed so much and came so alive because she had so much wounds when she came. But the Lord, as she served others, she came to life and became healed uh, of, you know, pain and and bondage and things in her own life. And she kept coming back year after year for six months or a whole year. And she would come and just serve on the streets tirelessly, you know. And and finally, I told her, Johanna, you've got to come on full time. You, You need to become an urban missionary and become a staff member. We don't want you to go back to Finland anymore. Just stay in America. Because when she talked to someone... They were the most important person. They felt the love. They felt the care, the concern, the, you know, the prayers. She loved people. Here's what she would do on her days off. She'd go back into the city and hang out with her friends, celebrate birthdays, go to baby showers, right? Just because this is her people. And she was so amazing. But in fact, this is a crazy story. There was this woman who she'd been working with for years and really befriended, you know, she had been in prostitution, drug addiction, and she, her heart broke for this woman. And this woman had a little girl, and you know what she named her? Ellie Johanna. She na- literally named her child after Johanna. That's like the kind of rock star for Jesus this woman was. Johanna was just amazing. Well, this is where the story takes a sad turn. Then it gets better again, like every good story. She had to go home to Finland. It was just to visit family, Christmas time. And she had to reapply for her visa, which she had to do, you know, every couple of years. And her visa got rejected. I have to be honest, guys. It's the first time I ever texted one of those poop emojis because I was so like, what? This is terrible. You know, what are you telling me? She can't come back? I was like, no, you know. But God had better things in mind, as he usually does. And so she came back to America with a tourist visa just to get her affairs in order, get all her stuff. And she kept serving on the bus. And, uh, but she only had a couple months before she had to go back for good to Finland. And, but while she was in Finland the first time, she met a guy at church. And, you know, they had a couple dates and really liked each other. So she's back in America now, getting her affairs in order. And over Skype, he proposes. And she's laughing and like, yes, she was in love. He came 
to America to spend the last two months with her serving on the streets with the relief bus. This is inside the bus. He's, his heart's breaking for this woman who's just a wreck, an utter disaster. And he served alongside her. And he's, he was an awesome dude. Get this. She told him when he was still in Finland over Skype, when he proposed, she said, my dream has been to get married at the relief bus on the street. He said three words, I'm your man. <laughs> Check this out. You've never been to a wedding like this before where every guest is homeless or mentally ill or drug addicted or prostitutes cheering with smiles on their face, welcoming the bride they love more than anyone else in the world. This is my father walking her down the aisle. These are subway tracks with trains going over our head. This next slide shows we're taking the vows and all the people are surrounding us. The love is so strong. It's the best wedding I've ever been to in my life. And I got to do some of the vows too. And at one point, I think Bill or me said, um, who gives this woman in marriage? And spontaneously, the whole crowd said, we do! It was awesome. We danced in the streets. We gave out 500 pieces of wedding cake. It was just an amazing wedding, you guys. I've never seen anything like it. And here's the thing. When, when you serve the poor and the broken, when you include them in your lives, it's like there's some kind of dynamic ripple effect of the gospel. This wedding made the newspapers. Where love lives. Homeless joint social worker for nups on the street. Is that awesome? Does that look like the kingdom of God to you? That's what I'm looking for, right? <laughs> Love it. But wait, there's more. I'm telling you, let's keep going, Isaiah. Check this out. This is some God stuff. He goes on to say, then your light will break forth like the dawn. This is the promises of God. If you feed the hungry, if you provide the poor wanderer's shelter, if you clothe the naked, right? Break the yoke of oppression. Here's the promises. This is where it gets great. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. It's like the Holy Spirit. It's like Jesus will shine out of you. Your healing will quickly appear. The brokenness in your heart, right? The hardship, the pain, the, the bondage. It's like God's going to activate something and supernaturally you're going to be healed. Then... Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, you will be surrounded and immersed in the presence of God. It's the, 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 the best riches of the kingdom of God, the he heaven. He's like here, he's, he's giving it all to us. If we do this, then we get that. This is the promises of God. He wants to give away to us. Now you might say, well, I see how this is true in Johanna's life, but I'm no Johanna. I mean, to be honest, hey, me too. Uh, I'm not as compassionate as Johanna. I'm, I, can't, I can't have that, that, ama that amazing gift to connect with the heart of people. But, I have to, but, but we, can't, we, we can't say that's not for me. Like, well, I don't have the gift of compassion. No, I, I'm telling you the truth. God offers the gift of the poor to all of us. It's a gift. It's a gift. But wait. Yeah, yeah, he keeps going, right? He goes on to say in Isaiah 58, then, more promises, you will call and the Lord will answer. 
Your prayers are going to be answered. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. Like he's right there. And if you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk, you see, he goes on to say, if you spend yourselves, not your money, yourself, in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. In other words, instead of seeing somebody and going, what a bum, why doesn't he just get a job? Right? We pray for them. We stop, we take the time to say, how are you doing today? What's your name? I begged every day for seven days. Only two people asked me my name. I was nameless, faceless, voiceless. I was a nobody. But God says, if you'll stop judging, you don't know what they've been through. You know, maybe you've heard that expression, don't judge someone until you walk a mile in their shoes. I walked many more miles than one mile in people's shoes, and my feet were covered with blisters too. And I can tell you, I don't want to judge them because I heard stories you don't want to know. People who were abused, people who treat like garbage when they were children and growing up and the building blocks of maturity and how to have life skills and how to cope and problem solve, they're missing. They don't want to live on the streets. Nobody wants to be homeless. But we judge sometimes and we put people in a box and say, why don't they just work hard like me? Because they didn't have everything you had. Believe me, they want to work. Believe me, they want a, a home and a life and a car and a family around them. But here's the good news. If we engage with them, just do what we can, right? Then it's like the Lord makes us come alive and do everything he's always wanted to do in us. It like it breaks forth something. I can't explain it. I know it just works. I met a guy on the streets that was Jesus to me. He was homeless. He had a big beard, missing teeth, one eye. He had a stroller full of stuff. And we met out on this this line for food in the dark, in the cold, in the morning, and I had this blanket wrapped around me, and I'm freezing, and I'm waiting for my oatmeal and hot chocolate at St. Francis of Assisi Church, and, and he, this guy just befriends me immediately, and he's asking me questions about myself, and, and then when I didn't, you know, I didn't lie to anybody. I didn't tell anybody I was homeless, okay? I, I, if they asked me, so I just, well, I'm just living on the streets right now. I just tell the truth. And, but he was like, well, where are you from? And all that. And I was like hesitating. He goes, no, you don't have to tell me. It's like he was sensitive. He didn't want to push it. But he, he was talking to my friend June, who she's a Trinidadian woman, 69 years old. I've known her for more than 10 years, homeless, sleeps on the train every night. He gave her, he said, somebody gave me some gift cards yesterday. I got a Burger King and a Dunkin' Donuts. And he, and he gave her the Burger King card. And I was like, that guy's awesome. And so we were drinking our coffee and everything. And and then I go to get a second coffee, and they're all out. And I'm like, ah, that's okay. I come back, and he goes, what's the matter? I go, oh, they're out of coffee. He goes, he takes his last gift card. Oh, here, go to Dunkin' Donuts. I was like, who is this guy? He's more generous than I am. God, what are you trying to tell me? Because if you gave me a Starbucks gift card, I'd hide it like gold. <laughs> The last thing I would ever think is, who can I give this to? 
I'm like, ooh, coffee for me, 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 you know what I mean? And I was like, I see you, Jesus. I hear you, Jesus. I get it, Jesus. <sighs> Changes your life. God wants to radiate his goodness out of you, but he's got to get through all the layers that are, we've built up, you know what I mean? To get to our heart. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And so we have no reason to judge. But wait. Yeah, here we go. He said, goes on to say, the Lord will guide you always. If you do this stuff, he's, you're going to start getting the Holy Spirit's guidance, discernment, direction, finally, right? Instead of just, oh, what am I supposed to do, God? I can't hear your voice. You're going to hear his voice. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. That's New Jersey. Hello, right? A sun-scorched land. I live here, all right? And he'll strengthen your frame. You, you become spiritually buff. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. When you care for the least and the last and the lost, this is cool. He makes you sensitized to the Holy Spirit's presence. I've just been praying all week and crying all week. Every person that put money in my cup, I prayed for them. I said, God bless you, and I just prayed over them as they walked away and left. And it's like I just cried. I just cried. And sometimes people ask me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> it was just God, you know what I mean? I, I just felt his heart so deep and it was just like melting me because he lets us become like a well-watered garden, like we, where people could come. What it, when you come to well-watered garden, it's like you can drink deep of his presence. You can eat the fruit and it satisfies you. It's like God's strength takes over. When we're weak, he's strong. And in this sun-scorched land we live in called America and New Jersey, full of empty pleasures, um, cheap thrills, and constrict, constricting narcissism. Um, God chooses you and me um, to offer sustenance and refreshing to people around us who are dying of thirst for God and for meaning in their lives. I wanna show you a video right now that's gonna blow your mind, I'm not kidding, of a woman that I met on the streets named Patricia. Check this out. How many years did you sleep on the street like that? As many years as I was smoking crack. If I wasn't on that side, if he turned around, he could see I was in the lot. For 20 something years, you were out on the street? Out on the street, sleeping. So you met Johanna at the relief bus, and then what? Right here at the relief bus. What did she tell you? She asked me if I really wanted to have help change my life. I told her yes. And she had some ladies pray, you know, pray over me. And I kept saying, it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But then, it was some other people here one one Friday. And they asked me if I needed to stop using drugs and all that. And I told them, yeah. So they sent me down to, what's that, CUCS, Community Urban Crisis Center, over on the west side. And when I got there, I guess I must have looked at the site. I really did. So what they did, they put me in the YMCA on 135th Street, and I stayed here for like eight months, and then they moved me to the Bronx, my own apartment. Wow. And I've been now for five years. It was five years. Thanks to God, I was here for her wedding, but you know, I just got a chance to congratulate her and 
Jesus to you? Because it did to me. That woman has more joy than I do. I was just soaking it in because those who are forgiven much, love much. So awesome. She told me off camera, she used to weigh like 85 pounds when she was sleeping on the sidewalk, strung out on crack. And she now weighs twice that, she said, and she's doing so well alive. She was fully alive because of Johanna's influence in her life. I'm telling you, there's a lot more Patricia's out there. Let me tell you one more story and close with a quote. I was, um, when I was on the streets this week, I did go out to beg in front of the stock exchange at one time, Penn Station, Grand Central. I went to uh, Trump Tower just to pray over the president, the country, and, and just beg. <laughs> and these three girls came up, they're 18 years old, and they, they said, what's your name? And that hit me between the eyes, because sec- only second time the whole week, and I was like, Juan. And then they sat down around me and surrounded me, and they said, how are you doing today? And I was like, my feet are killing me, I just walked 20 blocks, and you know, and, and they gave me some granola bars. And, and I was like, and they just talked, and they said, we wanna pray for you, and I was like, what? And I was like, who are you guys? Are you from New York? No, we're from Pennsylvania. I said, well, that explains a lot. There you go. <laughs> now, now, I was like, why are you here? Are you tourists, you know? Because I was on Fifth Avenue. Hello, Tiffany's, right? All the, the, the big, the most expensive clothing stores. And why would they come talk to a homeless guy? And, and they said, oh, we're here on a service trip. I was like, oh, is it like a church thing? Like, oh, not really, kind of. I said, we're here with our college, Messiah College. And I was like, really, what are you doing? Well, we worked in the Bronx, and we worked on the relief bus this week. (laughs) You could have bowled me over with the feather. I I was like, what's the relief bus? (laughs) But I knew God was speaking to me in that moment. He was saying, I see you. I know you. I'm going to bless what you're doing because I love these people was a sign, and they did pray over me. They all laid hands, right? There's, there's a sea, ocean of humanity going around as tourists from all over the world, and here they are down on their knees on the sidewalk laying hands on a poor homeless man, and it just broke me. I, I, I was there to find God, and I found God in, in the most amazing ways, you know? He, God lets us do this stuff. Can you, can you imagine? He lets us do this stuff. He's not guilting us into doing stuff. He's like, here you go. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to end with this verse, this not verse. It's a quote by one of my favorite authors, Jean Vanier. This was actually originally written in French and translated to English, but this man started group homes for the mentally ill and, 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 and disabled, and they would love these people with the love of Jesus and, and, and follow God together and eat together. And anyway, he's a wonderful man, and he wrote this book, which I, want, I loved, and here's what he said. If we're always looking for our own equilibrium, 
In other words, ba balance, right? How often do we say that? Looking for our own balance. I'd even say if we're looking too much for our own peace, we will never find it. Check this out. Why? Because peace is the fruit of love and service to others. See how that works? You can chase it all you want. You don't catch it till you give it away. I'd like to tell the many people and communities who are looking for this impossible ideal, stop looking for peace. Give yourselves where you are. Stop looking at yourselves. Look instead at your brothers and sisters in need, right? Am I my brother's keeper? Duh, yes. And then he goes on to say this. Be close to those God has given you in community today and work with the situation as it is, not when everything gets perfect and aligned, right? The planets align and you've got the time. Work with it as it is. Ask how you can better love your brothers and sisters. Then you will find peace. You will find rest and that famous balance you're looking for between the outward and the inward, between prayer and activity, between time for yourself and time for others. Everything will resolve itself through love. Whew. That is some good stuff right there. This is what God is trying to do. Bless us. Fill us with peace. Give us balance between the outward and all of that. But you find it in serving others. Well, I'm not going to let you guys go this morning without giving you a challenge and a great opportunity. You can serve on the relief bus. We actually have sign-ups out in the lobby. You can go out there and fill out a form, and basically we will contact you and try to hook it up. You can go out with Liquid Church as a group. They go out to Newark, you guys, like uh, every month. Uh, or if Friday night's no good, you can bring your family or your coworkers or your friends out on a Saturday or during a weekday and join us on the streets and meet Jesus, you know, the way I have this week. And here's, here's something I want you to know. This, this is not about homeless people. It's about God. You know, don't, don't get so focused on that. There are broken people all around you, all around me, in my neighborhood, in the suburbs, in, in our schools, in the place you work. There's broken, hurting people all around you. God's asking you to be a light in the darkness to them, to be yeast, to make the dough rise, to be salt, to be light. He wants to make you come alive, but you have to enter into their brokenness and be a friend to someone maybe he doesn't deserve to have a friend. But that's what Jesus did for us. He came after us and he says, take up your cross, follow me. God has people right now set up, like Patricia was a set up for Johanna. He's got people all around you and out on the streets waiting for you to come to them to let God come alive and the gospel be real right where you live. This is the promises of God. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the best stuff he's got to offer us. Right now, there's other people waiting for us to come to them and be Jesus to them. Let's pray. Father, we are here because we want more of you. We don't know how to do life without you, and we hear you teaching us through your word, through your prophet Isaiah, to get us into the heartbeat of God, the compassion of God, the passion of God. Lord, would you right now water this seed as we've studied your word and make it fruitful and come alive so others can be blessed through us, God. We want to glorify you, Jesus. It's all about you. We just want to be full to overflowing so everywhere we go, people see that light 
and it makes them come alive too. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Guys, can we thank our friend Juan Gallery? Juan, amazing. My gosh, powerful. Incredible, right? That is like, I feel like Juan puts his hand on the heart of God and then he puts, that love gets transferred right to us. I hope that encouraged you and inspired you. Uh, like Juan said, we're going to have sign-ups right now at every campus to serve on the relief bus. Um, we went with my, we took our kids. Parents, great thing to take your kids on a Saturday. Show them there's life outside the bubble and what a life of faith looks like on a street level. Maybe you want to sign up to serve with your small group. That would be awesome too. They're going to be out in the lobby. Just look for the relief bus banner. They can hook you up. They actually have a waiting list for certain dates, but they're going to try to get you in as much as they can. But I want to also give an opportunity uh, for all of us to put our faith into action and feed the hungry next Sunday. Um, we are hosting an outreach at every campus called Stuff the Truck. This is March 25th, next Sunday. We are going to partner with Zarephath Christian Church, awesome church in New Jersey. They have a food pantry uh, by which they provide emergency meals and food to families that are homeless or in need of uh, emergency food. And uh, they need things for their pantry. So they called us and we said, absolutely. Let us partner with other churches. And so next Sunday, we're going to stuff the truck with non-perishable food items that are going to be distributed to homeless families in New Jersey um, through their food pantry. Here's what they are. I need you to get out your phone because I want you to take a picture of this, all right? Three requested items for you to bring to church next week. One, pasta sauce, okay? We're talking like the ragu kind. No glass. It does need to be a, a plastic. I'm, I, well, it makes me hungry for spaghetti. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, pasta sauce. Tuna fish they requested. The canned kind. It's very easy for them to distribute as well. As well as bagged rice. Two or three pounds kind. And if you can, just take a picture of that with your phone and then just remind yourself this week. Pick up one or, or more of these items. Bring them next Sunday to your campus and we are going to stuff the truck together. Guys, this is not just about our church. This is about being the church of Jesus. Amen? Here in New Jersey and New York, and uh, we'll look forward to that next Sunday. So just bring that to your campus. And right now, I'm going to turn it over to your local campus leader uh, to close out the service with some final words of dismissal.